Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. As we, um, we've been talking the last few weeks about money and about worry, and um, really the concluding thought in this section, as we move on to some other things that Jesus was sharing, we are going to talk about worry again. Um, did you worry about anything this week? Did it, was it helpful? Like, as you, as you think about, I don't know, how many of you are list people? How many of you like a, a good list, a list of things to do? And you're writing down that list, you're writing down that list, and you go, boy, do I have a lot of things to do. And so, because I have so many things to do, I should probably worry for worry first, you know, that I should put in there an hour's worth of worry, an hour's worth of worry. Um Nobody would ever do that on their list of things to do. But have you ever done that in actuality? Uh, Because you had so much to do, instead of getting at the task that the Lord has placed before you, you set them aside and said, it's really important that I worry right now, that I worry about these things. And as we've looked at the scripture, did that help? Did it add any time into your day that you would accomplish more? Did it make you uh, more encouraged that you could really get things accomplished and done? No. In fact, your worry did nothing except waste time and uh, cause you uh, to place your trust in other things. This is where we are this morning. And I'd like to read for you this section, starting at verse 25 and then reading on through the end of the chapter. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read this for you. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God, direct us through this great passage. Encourage our hearts, I pray. Write our ship in our heart that we would not worry, but that we would be faithful followers of you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.
we consider this passage this morning, uh, I want to review, and and maybe some of you have been here the last couple of weeks, and you say, I I get it, Pastor Kevin, great. Uh, We're not supposed to worry. Uh, The scriptures have said it two, three times as we've read through it. I get it, don't be anxious. But um, it's like I go home, and I go to my kitchen table, or I go to the couch, and I start thinking about my life and all of a sudden I'm starting to worry. And I say, uh, oh yeah, the scriptures tell me not to worry. So I'm not going to worry. And so you say, don't worry. And you scrunch up your face really tight and you say, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. Okay, I'm not going to worry. And then 30 seconds later, you're worrying again. You say, how do I change? How do I become different? This morning, I'd like to go over that with you as we have looked at this passage. And really, there's two steps. Step one is to talk to yourself. Now, even as I say that, some of you say, well, you know, people will think I'm crazy if I start talking to myself. I hate to break it to you. Some people think you're crazy already, so it's not going to add to your worries, okay? Some of us, actually the Old Testament word for meditate is the idea of talking to ourselves, to taking the truth of God and going over it and over and over it. Some of you do this audibly, and that's part of why people look at you and kind of go, who are they talking to, their friends uh, that don't exist? Um, but, But the idea of talking to yourself is bringing back the word of God over and over again and talk to yourself. And really, the idea here is listen to God. Listen to Him. As you talk to your, yourself, bring back the Word of God, and may that be the message that you share. Talk to yourself or listen to the Lord. As it goes, I, I want you to think through the process when worry comes on. Worry comes on like a flood. And I, I wish that uh, we had a silver bullet this morning. Um, that said, if you, if you take this, it, worry will never come back. Never come back. Unfortunately, worry is like uh, the weeds of Tehachapi. They come back over and over and over again. You pull them, you spray them, you cut them, and they continue to come back. They need to be dealt with. Um, and so this morning, I, I want us to walk through what to do when you worry. The first thing I want to encourage you to say to yourself is I do have a God. I do have a God. And not just a God, but the God. I have the God of the universe, the God of creation. As you look at this passage and you consider what we've already gone over, that's the main danger of he talks about that Jesus shared the Gentiles chase after these things. The Gentiles don't have a God. They don't have a relationship with the Heavenly Father that they might know His protection and His benefit. And so the first thing is to say to yourself, I have a God. I have a God. I have a relationship with God. The second thing, and this uh, I've already referred to three or four times today, is that He is, that this God is not just God. He is my Heavenly Father. He is my Heavenly Father. 
that I have a relationship with him and not just a relationship that I have with God, but that he is my heavenly father, that I have this sweet, protecting, fatherly uh, relationship with him, that he loves me and he cares for me, that I have a God and that he is my heavenly father. You also need to consider what your father does. And this comes from the passage that we've just looked at. My father is the one who takes care of the birds. He's the one. When I see the birds or when I see any old animals, I look out and I see them and I go, oh, who takes care of them? My father takes care of them. He takes care of them, every one of them. He provides for them. And the the reason they're not worried right now is because my father takes care of them. And as we consider, uh, not just the birds, but he even takes care of the lilies, right? You see beautiful flowers, the the wildflowers, and you say, who who put them there? Who, Who took care of them? Oh, my father put them there. My father takes care of them. And even to say, well, <coughs> excuse me, he, he takes care of them better than, than Solomon and all his money could take care of himself. I say, wow, the, the richest man in the world could buy anything. And he cannot take care of himself as well as the lilies of the field are taken care of by my father, by my father. And then, to remind yourself that he values you more than them. When you look at the birds, when you look at the the beautiful flowers, you say, he takes care of them in amazing ways. Like he provides for them all they need. And he loves me more than them. He said so. Jesus communicated this with us. (coughs) And then the conclusion of why we should not worry he will take care of me. He will take care of me. You got to work yourself through this. And you say, well, how many times? How many times do you worry? <laughs> Answer it every time. Talk yourself through this every time. Some of you have built your life. You've gotten good. You've gone to school. You've gone to college. You've got a master's degree, a doctor. Uh, you've been in a doctoral program in worry. In worry. You, you've, you've gotten good at it over the years. You've worked really hard. You've, you've been around others and you've been discipled by good worriers. Okay? And it's part of your life and you say, well, I, this is my one skill. Get a new skill. Get a new skill. The trusting in God skill. The one that walks yourself through the process. This worry, this is not for me. This is not my job. But to walk yourself through, you have a God. He's your heavenly father. He takes care of the the birds and the flowers better than Solomon. Okay? And he values me more than them. He will take care of me. He will take care of me. He promises. (coughs) So that's step one. That's that's the process in your mind that goes about. Step two we're going to look at today. That was a bit of a review. But following this different mindset should free us up for different activity. Um, as you look at this passage, we, uh, 
we get to the place where we, we've talked about money, we've talked about worry, we've talked about how God provides. And he, he says in verse 32, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. And now in verse 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is the different activity. Uh, in, in the scriptures, uh, God does not provide repentance and the idea of change uh, of just removing one thing, but he removes and then he replaces. And so this is a classic passage of he wants to remove this worry, this remove this seeking and replace it with something else. And this morning I'm going to go over with you what that is. Remember the Gentiles seek, right? What do they seek? As you look in verse 32, they seek a couple of things. They seek clothing, food, water. And why do they seek it? Because they don't have a heavenly father that's going to take care of them. So they're frantically running around saying, I got to get after these things. I got to chase after this. I got to worry about money because I'm the provider. (coughs) As you consider this, uh, he says, but seek first the kingdom. The Gentiles seek something, but the ones who have a relationship with their Heavenly Father, they seek something as well. I, I, want, I want you to see that, but seek, that, that first word in verse 33, it's transitional and it, it's the idea that rather than or in place of, instead of seeking what the Gentiles seek, seek something different. And here's what it is. Your father knows. <laughs> Some of you are, are, are concerned right now because you're going now. If I'm not supposed to seek after food, water, uh, or food, drink, and clothing, what? Um, who's going to take care of those for me? Um, if I don't seek my own well-being and I seek something else, it, it seems like I'm not going to like the life that I have. Um, I'm just going to leave that thought with you right now. and We'll get to that in the end. But, but I know that that's the struggle in our heart. As you hear the word kingdom, um, it, it's clear that this is His kingdom. It's not yours. Uh, most of us have been about seeking our own kingdom. As we build our lives, we think about our career, our family, our home, our cars, our future. And those are the the guiding principles of any decision we make is, is it good for me? Sometimes we struggle articulating that because we know it sounds kind of selfish, but it's been very helpful to guide us to say, hey, I'm just going to take care of me and everyone else can take care of themselves. And so it makes me nervous when I hear that Jesus is calling me to not take care of myself. But it's clear. It's His kingdom. It's His kingdom. He doesn't say, seek first your kingdom. Take care of yourself. I, I know that that um, <coughs> is an idea we struggle with. I struggle with this. But he says, you know, I'm your heavenly father. We're in relationship together. You're not to worry, but you're to do something different. What is it? 
Seek first the kingdom of God. Well, what is his kingdom? It's his purposes, what he's doing. It's his rule. It's his success. It's the idea of understanding in a world, what would God be doing here? What, what is God's ideas about this? What is his purpose? What is his plan being worked out? And then to see that and say, that's what I want. That's what I want. Regardless if that works out well for, for you or for me. Regardless of there's any financial advantage to us. But to say, seek that. The idea of seeking is the idea to look for. To look for. To, to in our minds, be, be looking for. To be searching about. If, if you think about this, um, most of life is mundane. I know we don't like to think about that. But um, <coughs> what exciting things have you done today? Some of you tied your shoes. Pretty exciting, huh? Some of you, uh, you know, you you got ready for church. Some of you had breakfast. Some of you this afternoon, boy, it's going to be exciting. Some of you are going to take a nap this afternoon. Okay? It's, it's the exciting things of life, isn't it? You know, life's just filled with one exciting thing after another. But in the midst of just living, he says, we are seeking. We are seeking. We are looking for. You see, there's some things in our life that uh, destroy our plans. They ruin our schedule. They, they, they uh, revamp what the day holds. And we like it. Why? Because we're looking for it. We're searching for it. We're, we're open to it. We're, we're, we're going, what is going to happen? And when this, these things happen, what if I said to you, um, for some of you, there's a 30% off sale at Home Depot this afternoon. Some of you, that would rearrange your schedule. Some of you are like, that's so dumb. Who would go there? What if it was Hobby Lobby? Just shoot me, you know, uh, uh, Hobby Lobby, please. <coughs> um, you, you, it, it's different. It's the idea of what is it that excites your heart? What are, what are you looking for? What are you searching for? What will you allow to rearrange your schedule? And he says, seek first the kingdom, his kingdom. The idea here is that that is what thrills your heart. That's what you're looking for in life. And as you really what it amounts to is as you consider the small steps of life, you say, what would God have me do? How, how is this situation? What is his kingdom? What, what would he desire here? And you seek it. You look for it in all that you do. He says, but but first seek his kingdom. The second thing he tells us, and I don't think I think these are combined. I don't think there's necessary. This is a first priority, both of these, and his righteousness. His righteousness. Now, what is his righteousness? Uh, I think some of us, um, we we just look at it simply. It's being right. It's being right, and that's that's helpful to think about to being right, but. There's a subtle difference here that I want you to see. It is his righteousness, not our righteousness. And you say, well, what's the difference between those two? If we're believers, I'll, I want to explain it to you. It's who, 
when, when we seek our own righteousness, we seek to be personally right so everyone would know it. I'm living well. Did you see that? I'm doing everything that's right. That's personal righteousness. That's done in your own strength. I find it interesting that Jesus was the one speaking these words. And he calls them to to seek uh, his righteousness, the righteousness of the Father. And yet he was the one that was going to give up his life that we might be righteous. That his righteousness would be imputed to us, it would be brought to us. It It would be marked in us, it would replace our own righteousness. You see, what we are seeking is not to be good in and of ourselves, but that God's goodness would be marked in us. That his life would, would be marked in us. And, and, and he says, this is what you are to seek. This is what your new life is all about. Most of us have sought our own righteousness. We, we, we've done it. We, we've followed a bunch of rules. We have paraded ourselves around by what we have done, how much we have given, how we're better than the people around us over and over and over again. And Jesus says, I, I got something different for you. I, I, I got a new activity, a new replacement for that old life that you are worried about and you're seeking your own. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. This is the new activity for us. To be about His kingdom. To be about His righteousness placed in our lives. These are the new goals, the activities, the things that we search out for in the midst of the mundane. And this is what it, where it comes down to for those of us who worry that, hey, how, how's this going to work out for me? If I'm not building my own kingdom... How's this going to work out for me? I'll tell you how it's going to work out. And all this is what it says in the middle of verse 33. And all these things will be added to you. And all these things will be added to you. You say, well, how can that be so? I don't get it. If I'm not taking care of my kingdom, won't I be taken advantage of? You might be. But I want to tell you this. The God of all provision, he will take care of you. (coughs) He will be the one. It will not be through your own doing. It will not be because you were smarter and worked harder and you, you did it and you pushed and shoved. It will be because he has provided for you. You say, oh, that doesn't make sense. I'm used to doing it on my own. Yeah, and you worry all the time. Yeah, and you're, you're constantly going, oh no, what, what's going to happen tomorrow? Because you, you're saying, I can do it all myself. Jesus communicated a message of compassion. He says, I got a better way for you. I got a superior way. I got a way that works as opposed to your way that doesn't work. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I'll say it this way. And then... All those things that the Gentiles who don't have a God, all those things that they worry about will be added to you. He will take care of you. Because you have a Heavenly Father, right? You have a relationship with God. He's our Heavenly Father. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the, the flowers. He values us more than them. He will take care of you as you seek His kingdom. 
with a conclusion. Um, he says this in verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Once again, he says, do not worry or do not be anxious. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. That's kind of a, <coughs> a popular phrase, if you will. Most people don't attribute it to the uh, to the Bible. But what do they say? Oh, tomorrow, tomorrow will take care of itself, right? Tomorrow will take care of itself. God says, and it's it was most likely a saying even in Jesus' time. He says, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Um, tomorrow is one of those classic places to be anxious about, right? To worry about what's coming in the future, in the future. He says, I, I want to hone you in on where you're to be. <coughs> where you're to be is today, today. Do not worry about tomorrow. In fact, if I can say it this way, on your list of things to do, most most of you put down, oh, I got all these things to do. <coughs> and then you seek to um, pick what to work on next. You got all these things to do and worries on your list of things to do. This is what you're going to do. Move it forward. Move it forward. I'll worry about that tomorrow. I'll worry tomorrow, okay? And then tomorrow when you get to that list, Again, say the same thing. I'll worry about that tomorrow. I'll worry tomorrow. Worry should be put off. And and God says, deal with the issues of today. Work on that which is today's. Um, Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let me ask you a question. (coughs) Have you worried about things that don't exist? I mean, and you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, have you worried about situations that were going to come up in the future that never came up? That never happened. It, it was like sci-fi, right? It, 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 it was just in someone's imagination. And it was in your imagination that these things would come up. Jesus says, uh, do, don't be anxious about tomorrow. There's the anxious thoughts and all that. Put, push that off. Those things should not exist in your mind. And then he says this, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What does that mean? Well, um, it means focus on the day. Focus on the day. The great question that we could ask every day is this, what does God have me to do today? What, What does he want me to do today? God, by your power, what is it that you want me to tackle both the mundane <coughs> and the grand. What, what do you want me to do? And, and I'll give myself to that. Most of the time when we go to that, we go, oh no, but what about this and tomorrow? And that? What, do you want, what do you want me to do today, right now? And the picture of this is so beautiful because it, it, it describes that he focuses us on today and he makes us faithful by walking with him today. What do you have to do today? Well, those are the things that God wants you to focus on. But what about tomorrow? What about this? Worry about that tomorrow. Worry about that the next day. This is how we conquer worry. Is not to uh, get into things that may or may not even happen. 
but to focus on that which God lays before us. Well, what if we can't handle that? We trust in him, the one who, who promises to provide for us, the one who is the only one who can handle these things, our heavenly father. I love this. I realize this passage um, is one that we shouldn't leave so quickly. I want to encourage you to go back to this over and over and over again as we struggle with the issues of worry. Let's learn to trust Him. And let's pray that God will give us the strength to do so. God, thank You for this morning, for Your Word. God, I ask that um, if there are any here today (coughs) who don't have a relationship with You, God, may they connect right now their own worry to them not having a relationship with You. God, I pray that You would work in hearts and draw them to Yourself. May they see how... um, It's the best place for them to be in your family, having you as their heavenly father. God, I ask that you give us the strength to walk with you faithfully, to just focus on the issues of today, knowing that you will take care of the rest. You're faithful to us and you can make us faithful to you. God, thank you for your word, how it guides and directs us. Praise you for it in Jesus' name, amen.